Hey. Hey, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm good. I am recording the podcast right now. Oh, fine. Yeah, don't sound too excited. <laughs> you asked me to officiate your and your fiance George's wedding. Yeah. Which is at the end of the year. Hopefully. Which I get is a big get as a charismatic personality. However, it's kind of a big whiff when it comes to people who know anything about love. Why was I chosen? Well, I think that you are someone that means a lot to both of us. You've been able to form a really quick bond and friendship with George. And then, of course, um, you're my best friend. Uh, that goes without saying. And so it we really wanted it to be done by someone that has a lot of love for both of us. And, of course, you're also a great speaker. You're very thoughtful. And I think if there's anyone that can do it, it has to be you. Wow, that was so much more complimentary than I anticipated. <laughs> really thought this was going to be a big bit. Oh, sorry. Well, no, I, 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 I would always... Always uh, prefer sediment to uh, being chewed out, but how long do you anticipate this wedding ceremony is going to be, like time-wise? Oh my goodness, short and sweet is my preference. Like, I don't want to do a bit and make it like a quick five-minute ceremony, but uh, I think maybe like 15 minutes, probably variable depending on the length of our vows will probably work to write our own vows, but as much as we love each other, that task seems incredibly daunting right now. So it'll probably just yeah. depend on your part plus um, how much writing we wind up doing for each other as well. So your wedding ceremony, which is the reason I started this podcast, will be shorter than one single episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's the goal. It feels very in character for me to overanalyze this assignment and make it bigger than it actually needed to be. No one better to overthink something. I agree with you. Our guest today is Barrett. Oh, wonderful. Um, did you play Pogs? We did not play Pogs. Unfortunately, it's very hard to play Pogs remotely via audio, but hopefully the next time it comes on. Maybe you could figure out how to play Pogs via Zoom. I have a lot of time on my hands, and even I don't have that much time in my hands you know when barrett left new york to go to med school he gave all his friends a pog with a message written on the back of it and i still have that pog in one of my wallets next to the prayer card for both of our grandfathers of course yeah of course i believe he is <laughs> equally of of uh he has an equal place in our hearts as our two grandfathers <laughs> rest their souls. Would you would you like to introduce the podcast? Yeah, of course. All right, give us a welcome to Out of Love. Welcome to Out of Love with Dan Katz. Out of Love, the show where we learn about different perspectives regarding love. My name is Dan Casarell, and I will be your host. 
As you've heard in our introduction phone call, my sister Sarah is getting married later this year on New Year's Eve and asked me to officiate her wedding. Now, I found this task very intimidating as I am not really what one would call successful in love, which makes me very underqualified to perform a ceremony about eternal commitment and companionship. So, in order to better inform myself for a 15-minute ceremony, I'm having hour-long conversations with people to better understand love, learn from their insight, and share their stories. We're going to explore many different topics, from writing a love song, to the feeling of transitioning out of love, to if crazy stupid love is a realistic rom-com. It's probably not, so stay tuned. On today's show, our very first guest is Dr. Barrett Holen from the great state of Minnesota. Barrett is a friend of mine and Sarah's, and he has one of the most unique senses of humor I've ever come across. I first met Barrett picking Sarah and him up from the bus station one day. Superbass came on the radio and he goes, oh, this was my parents' wedding song. This was in 2011 and nine years later I still use that joke at every opportunity. Now he normally tweets about Pogs or Domino's Pizza, but he caught my attention one day when he posted a thread on Twitter about a spontaneous international love story he found himself in that he was initially hesitant to be a part of. I talked to Barrett about taking chances, sharing your feelings on social media, and how we could all be more open with each other. Let's talk to Barrett. Barrett, thank you so much for uh, coming on here today. Yeah, happy to be here. Now, you are one of my all-time favorite Twitter accounts to follow. (laughs) Did you know I actually once did an entire segment on your tweets on my old radio show in college? I did not. I no. did. I, I was strapped for content. <laughs> and I was like, let me read some of this guy's tweets because they're so entertaining. And I found the document I went off of. And I'm going to read some of my favorites real quick just to get some context of the content that's on there. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. You once tweeted, I just spent 30 minutes trying to think of the female cat in Garfield. Nermal. The cat's name is Nermal. Why? What did you do tonight? <laughs> you once tweeted, Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. Taylor Swift slash most medical textbooks. And then this, which I think is very impressive. Not trying to brag, but I still think about the time in third grade where I got the whole calf to do the stomp, stomp, clap thing, we will rock you thing. That was pretty impressive. I, 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 I stand by that. Was that like a pep rally? It turned out to be, yeah. I mean, third grade, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. So you're a trendsetter overall. I think you could, it's safe to say, yeah. So I did that segment seven years ago, and then now we're going to do another segment about your tweets, but in much different contexts. So last July, I saw you posted something along the lines of, okay, are you ready for another thread? And that was game on, because I think like a month earlier, you did a thread about a Tinder date that you were sitting next to? I tried to, yeah. I tried to, yeah. I was trying to figure out like how the threads work, but yeah. It is very complicated. You, you The date that you were threading about was about... Uh, a guy who, who called a woman a snack, and the woman referred to Sandra O oh as Sandra Kim. Yes, that is true. Where was this date? At a bar in D.C. I forget what, which bar it was, but yeah. Seeing as this is a podcast about love, do you think they're still together? Uh, I, I, I truly hope so. I, I, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> me too. So, so, any, so the fact that I saw you were posting a thread was absolutely must-see for me. But, but it, it turned out to be a completely different type of story, it was a very open story about you meeting someone. And I was hoping you could walk us through that story. I'll try. Where do I start? I guess. I don't know. I was just, I just finished residency, my medical residency. I'm a doctor. 
uh, internal medicine physician. And so I was in a, like residency is a very emotional and physical toll on a person. Mm -hmm. And I had just finished. So I was like in a weird place in my life. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. and I was just finishing up and I was going to move back to Minnesota, Minneapolis, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I was I went to New York. It was like world world pride, incidentally. Um, So I went there with a couple of friends from residency. And, you know, I was like in a like strange time in my life, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Just like emotionally, I was like finishing this chapter and about ready to move and on to something new. And then I was like in New York City for this giant, you know, festival and we were just having fun and it was a unique and uh, emotional time. So the first tweet, or I guess the the summarizing tweet that you first tweeted first was, so this is a story of love and romance and spontaneity that started at NYC Pride. Absolutely hooked. <laughs> You then say, it was Saturday night and I was at my friend's house in Hell's Kitchen really wanting to go to sleep. But my friends, parentheses, they are twins and both bad influences, convinced me to go out to a bar. How how dead were you set on not going out? I was pretty dead. Like, because we were like drinking all day and like out, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like old. I'm like 30. So um, <laughs> I was, I was, oh, I was ready to, to go to sleep, to be honest. That day drunk slump. Like after dinner, there is no worse tiredness. Well, it's like you go to brunch and then, you know, that's four hours. And then you go to a bar after, you know, you know how this goes. And I very well familiar. And I'm all for that. I love just going to brunch and day drinking and not going out to bars at two in the morning. But things have changed, I guess, during that day. Yeah. And it was a special occasion. It was NYC Pride. You were back in New York. True. Yeah. I used to live in New York City. Uh, that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was, you know, a special time and it was Pride. And So your, your twin friends convinced you to go out and you, you tweet, we were at a gay bar in Hell's Kitchen dancing. It was World Pride and wonderful. Everyone was so happy and they were playing Madonna's Vogue, etc. I then see a Latino man makes eye contact me from the dance floor. Parentheses, picture Robbins dancing on my own music video. We then connect and start dancing. We kissed. It was magic. Everything you hope a bar hookup at NYC Pride would be like. We talk a little bit, and I, being a millennial, ask what his Instagram is, and I follow him. So you went from being fatigued and unmotivated to go out to meeting a random guy. Well, you rally, you know. It's, you know, (laughs) this was back when you could go to bars, and uh, I'm glad I did. I mean, I missed that. yeah, so, you know, you get a little Red Bull and you go and and then like once you get there, you know, to a bar when there's music and dancing and like you you kind of rally and you get a little energy pep in your step. Uh now that I um I'm thinking about it, I just it's I miss it. I miss going to places, you know. It sounds crazy cuz you're like remember when you used to go out of the house? Yeah, remember things um yeah, like just dancing in a club like Oh, that's, it sounds so awesome right now. But anyway. It sounds awesome and also dangerous. True. Like, we're talking about this. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You could get really, like, sick. Yes, that's true. Social distancing, hashtag stay home. But so anyway, so we, yeah, we went to the club. And yeah, if you've seen the Robin dancing on my own music video, like, with, like, the, kind of the strobe lights. And she's, like, dancing and, like, in the club. And, like, I don't know. You, like, see someone in the distance. Um, it's pretty much how it was, yeah. So yeah, uh, we danced, we kissed, and it was great. I mean, everyone was so happy. It was such like a happy time, and 
this was like probably four in the morning at this point. I'm like, well, I'm going to go because I have to go back to my friends and the bar is closing. But like, give me your phone. Like, here's my Instagram hashtag basic Barrett. And and then I left. Yeah. And I'm guessing you had no expectations Zero. that you see that him. Zero. Again. Yeah. I mean, who I mean, people go to clubs and bars like you never see the person again, usually. I mean, no. And, and when you wake up, they are never as enticing as they were the night before. Facts. Except in this instance. Except when they are. So the next morning, you you and your friends doing the brunch thing again. Yes. And you invited your new friend. His name is Carlos. Carlos, yes. See. Si. <laughs> you say you can come to brunch. Did you think he would actually join up? Absolutely not. So my friend Maggie, she worked as a bartendress at a bar in the East Village Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, come to brunch because I, I, I hadn't seen her in a while. And so me and the twins were like, all right, let's go to brunch. So then I, I messaged Carlos. I'm like, if you want to come to brunch in the East Village, we're going. Mm-hmm. Feel free. What is your brunch routine? Real quick for the listeners who don't know you. Often. Anytime I can, really, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Bottomless know, preferred. Preferred. Actually, pretty much required at this point in my life. Um, yeah, brunch is, brunch is great. And Carlos shows up. He showed up. He did. And it wasn't weird. I didn't think it was. I mean, like, I feel like people would think that it would be weird, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, and again, like this was like, I was in a weird state in my life. I was, I had just finished residency. I was in New York at pride and like, I was going to move to Minneapolis in a month and. I don't know. I was like, I just didn't even think about anything being weird at all. And he showed up. He showed up, got along with your friends. Brunch went on as planned. Brunch went on as planned, yes. And then you were going to Spain that day, correct? Yes. I had like already kind of booked a little end of residency before I moved trip to Spain by myself. And I was leaving from New York. I was going to like, I brought my suitcase to brunch and I was going to go to JFK from brunch. Mm -hmm. And you're leaving brunch. You're saying goodbye to Carlos. You're saying you're going to JFK. And he asked if he could ride with you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to go. Like, bye. <laughs> like, I'll slide into your DMs later, maybe. I'm getting on the train to JFK. I think it was the J train or something. And he's like, I'll, I'll ride with you. I have nothing else to do. And I'm like, all right, whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, it's an hour train ride to JFK, but... I'm going regardless. So if you want to come, that's it's up to you. So like we talk more and like, you know, I get to know him. Like I find out he's from Panama. Mm-hmm. We're just, he used to live in New York city. He went to grad school there and he was just visiting some friends. And so I'm like, well, that's cool. And he's like an architect slash urban planner. And I got to like, he was telling me about his job and yeah. So we rode the train to JFK. And so we got to the airport and kind of the same thing as at brunch. I'm like, okay, I got to go. Like my, fl- I have to go to Spain <laughs> and I'm like, you can come if you want kind of jokingly. And he's like, okay, maybe I th- I'll think about it. And like kind of laughing it off. We kissed again and he um, took the train back to the city and I got on my flight. And at that moment, did you think you'd ever see him again, let alone talk to him again? Aside from like, Instagram, sliding into DMs, no. So then you get to Spain, you get there safely, and then what happened the next morning? Speaking of DMs, um, I, like, open up my Instagram because, like, obviously I need to, like, post pics from Spain. And then Carlos messaged me saying my flight gets to Madrid at 11. What was your instant reaction to that? 
I was like, again, like I'm like, oh, whatever. It's it's the nineties. Um, <laughs> like I don't know. Like I was like, I don't sure. Okay, why not? Who knows? I didn't. I didn't. I think I, I, I kind of thought he was joking, to be honest. But mm-hmm. all right, whatever. Like I'm gonna get some breakfast and go about my business and. If I get a message later, who knows? So he showed up. I was still at my hotel and I had told him what hotel I was at. And he showed up, knocked on my door and I'm like, hola. (laughs) (laughs) He had changed his flight from Panama to Madrid. And yeah, he showed up. He was like kind of like my little tour guide uh, because he had been there before and he spoke Spanish, like my little translator. And he's like an architect, urban planner, like I say. So he was like showing me around the uh, architecture and kind of the layout of the city. And yeah, it was like kind of euphoric. I mean, it was like existential. It was a weird, weird, <laughs> it was inexplic- inexplicable, I guess. Could you believe it was happening as it happened? Or you just kind of were in such a, a rhythm and a flow that you kind of didn't comprehend it? Yeah, it was definitely not something I like. <laughs> rationalize or emotionalize like during the moment at all i was just like we're here we're in spain we're it's july it's weather's beautiful people are beautiful food is great you know sangria yeah it was like something it is like you didn't it was you're living in the moment you're not you know kind of trying to understand it i guess and so you spend the week together and and your last tweet of this thread you say and we're at the airport going to fly back to nyc He was on standby and may not have gotten a seat, so I had to go. I kissed him and hugged him. He said, sometimes in life you have to take chances, Tiamo. And I boarded the plane. Love exists, everyone. Which is such a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. I mean, it was in that moment and lots of moments after. And you, I don't know, just appreciated what what could happen and, you know, the connection you could have with someone and, and taking chances, I guess. And because I think, I think most people, if they heard this story, they would think you're insane. Mm -hmm. Like they could be a serial killer or like, what is wrong with you? But yeah, I will always remember that moment. It was, it was amazing. Why did you decide to share that story on Twitter immediately after? Well, as you know, my Twitter is mostly garbage, like just silly stuff. Um, It is wonderful bits. (laughs) But I think because I yeah like I like you, like I said I'm usually just kind of silly and don't say serious stuff kind of how I get through life. But I was just so kind of amazed and changed by that experience that I'm like, let's try it. Let's just throw it out there. I mean I'm I'm not like a shy person by any means or but and it was just an amazing experience and I hope people can I don't know take it for what it is and maybe have some experiences of their own. I don't know. Very often people are like, live in the moment, carpe diem, but they never follow that. They never believe that. Right. Life, life is best when you're open to things, not necessarily always going out and doing things and extending your energy, but as long as you're open-minded, you're going to have a lot of great opportunities and wonderful things. And I think in this age of social media and your phone being a gravity towards your attention, people forget that and they'd rather have their own familiarity and comfort than being a little uncomfortable and vulnerable and trying new things. Yeah. I mean, like being vulnerable is the, one of the hardest things you can do. And you're exactly right. Like the, the more connected we are with social media and the internet, the less connected we are with actual people. And even though that we're like constantly together, we're a lot of times we're never like with each other, I guess in a way, but. And that kind of works to your advantage 
now? Because real quick, what happened after that July trip between you and Carlos? So he went back to Panama. By the way, I had I wrote him a doctor's note saying he had to miss a week of work. So don't tell anybody. <laughs> Do so, you want me to edit that out? No, that's fine. It was <laughs> all I said was he went <laughs> he went to Spain for his emotional support. Anyway, and you emotionally supported him. So I that's did. fair. It's nothing. Nothing wrong. Yeah, so he went back to Panama. I went back to New York, and then I went to D.C. and then moved to Minnesota like a week or two later. And then we kept talking. And so he actually he has like a flight benefit, like he is someone's you know person, so he can fly standby. So it's easy for him to travel. My job as a doc in the hospital, I uh, work seven days on, seven days off. Not currently, but before. So I, I had a lot of time off too. Since then, you know, he came to Minneapolis. We went, we've been to like seven countries. It's still happening. After that first trip, were you hesitant to talk to each other? Um, no, I wasn't. And he, he wasn't. He's just like such a kind person. And, and I, yeah, I, I mean, like, cause me, I, like, I was kind of in this like weird emotional part of my life. And so I guess I don't really know why he, did all that stuff. Maybe it's like a Latin thing. Maybe they are like more adventurous. I, I don't know. But no, I, I mean, I wasn't like, I mean, I, I, I continued that sort of mindset from, from that first time I told them to come to brunch. Like I was like, all right, let's, this is life, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed for anybody. And every time I told my friends, you know, they would think I'm insane, you know, like they're like, this is insane. This is insane. This is insane. Well, it seems like you don't put any sort of it seems like it's a low stakes relationship in that you guys aren't putting pressure on each other to be one thing or another. It's just growing organically and developing organically, which is kind of how relationships used to go. It was much more open and natural. Yeah. And now I think again, going back to social media, when people see their friends getting engaged or having babies, people really try and morph new romances and new relationships into something they're not and something they can't stand to be. Yeah, I mean, in some in some ways, just sort of manufactured. Like as the months kind of progressed, and I was, you know, I tell people or whatever about our, our relationship. I always kind of end the conversation saying, "If this ended today, I would have no regrets. I would be very, very grateful for this time we had." And we realized that we're in different countries, and well, now there's this whole pandemic. I guess putting a rag in things, but. I have no regrets. I'm just grateful for, for our experience together. Have you always been like a very open and spontaneous person or did that develop as you got older? I mean, not romantically, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've been pretty, I guess, spontaneous, I guess, in a way as much, but I mean, I don't know as much as you can. Because I, I think people would hear or read your story and it's the type of fantasy they would like to have. Yeah. But I, I feel like people don't, believe they could have it because they don't want to put themselves out there or the notion of just meeting and saying yes to a stranger continually, a stranger who, who you are knowing and developing a rapport with yeah. is too frightening. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. Um, and I think that, you I mean, like we're like now in the generation that, if you call someone like they're weirded out, you know, like they don't even yeah. like, like you have to text them like, and I'm with that. I, 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 I like have subscribed to that too, but it's just where we, people don't take any risk. Like if people don't like meet at bars anymore, like, because like, it's weird if someone goes to talk to you, I guess, in a way like they're why are you talking. Yeah. They're very guarded. 
and people think it's like weird and creepy if if someone's just trying to engage even with no intentions in just a friendly conversation. Yeah, they're like, why are you talking to me? I mean, I guess it's kind of a New York thing too, like, but um, and, and, but it's nationwide. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, we don't even, yeah, we don't even call people anymore, and especially now, like, we really need to check up on people and just distract each other and support each other. Yeah, but like, you know, if say you meet someone at a bar, like some weird, well, when you can go to bars, mm-hmm. and then you get their number, and like, if they called you the next day, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, this is an insane person. Like, why are you calling me? You know? Yeah. It's just a change in, I guess, the way we interact with other people. Why do you think that happened? Do you think it was just we got so so attached to social media? Or you think social norms have changed a little bit? I think both. I mean, like I said before, like the more connected we are, the less connected we are. And the way we interact with people is different. Like it's weird to call someone as opposed to text someone. It's just, I think if you just taking some chances, it's it's kind of crazy and scary how a single person you've never met can change your life forever. Yeah. And if you take those chances and put yourself out there, which is totally super hard and to be vulnerable and to take chances. And, and I just happened to like, just be in this weird part of my life where I was like kind of emotionally like in a transition, I guess. And, and it seemed like everything in that first weekend, they were like little steps, you know, yeah, you go out, you meet him follow on Instagram, invite to brunch. He wants to come to the airport. Yeah. And then you had, this was a big step, but you had a lot of liquid courage <laughs> yeah. and That's- invited him to Spain. Hashtag all the spritzes. Thank you. Hashtag all the spritzes. Yeah. The bartenders. Um, did you ever ask him like what went through his head when you invited him to Spain? Like, did he, did he think it was serious? Did he think you were joking? Well, obviously he thought I was serious cause he came, um, <laughs> But, you know, I, we really haven't really had that conversation of, like, why he did it. Because it was a lot for him, too, I suppose. You know, he had took an extra week off of vacation and, you know, changed his trip last minute. And Yeah, I mean, that's a big plan to change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he was, like, emotionally ready for an adventure, too. But he's more, he's more like, just open in general than I am, I guess. But before this beautiful experience, did you have any regrets about, like, chances not taken in love? Yeah, I think everyone does. <clears throat> um, you always wonder like, what if, or if I would have done this, or, you know, if you had an old relationship that, you know, went south and you're wondering if, if I would have done something different or whatever. But I think all of that just is part of your, your, your story. And hopefully you can take that and, and, and make, make your new story. What would you say, being with Carlos and this overall experience has kind of taught you and how, what's made you better about it. So after he said in the uh, Instagram that he'll, his flight arrives or whatever, he said, la vida es corta, which is Spanish for life is short. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying that a lot uh, ever since then. And, um, you know, being a doctor, I see a lot of death and, you know, illness and stuff anyway. So I just try to, try to make the best of it. And, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed for anybody, but um, obviously now it kind of sucks for everybody and we're kind of in a totally different space. And, but prior to pandemic, I was, you know, like La Vida is cordial. Life is short. You, you, you know, you try to try to live every day that you can. And um, I know everyone says that it's cliche, but, and it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every 
thing. You know, it can just be small parts and to have more, more good days than bad or more gratefulness than, you know, depression. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a line in an, the movie about time that I was, was really drawn to. And it said, live every day. Like it was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I think people think, you know, when they hear discussions like this, they think like, well, I'm not going to, you know, change my life or do something extravagant, but I think it's just be open to, you know, start a conversation that you maybe you feel weird about talking to someone, catching up with them, opening a book that you've been putting off, doing a project that you, you, you know, we say you'll start tomorrow. Just kind of live with intent. People are always just like, oh my God, like, yeah, you know, every day is a blessing, blah, 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 blah. And people are kind of like turned off by it. And I totally like respect that and, and agree with that. But it's like, it's sort of more subtle, I think. And it's just like sort of embracing the moment and like taking a little chance and, and, and you know, being grateful for what you have. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a, a true it will better your life if you live like that. It, it's not cliche and it's not corny, like a live, laugh, love sign. Right. Yeah. yeah. All of my high school friends on their kitchen walls. I die a little bit when I walk into someone's kitchen and I see that. I know. I know. And it's always like in three different fonts. Like one's cursive, one's like Helvetica. I don't, I don't know why it is. Anyway. Yeah. What is behind that? I don't, I don't know. Like just pick a font. You know, you, you and I were talking about being open people. I think we should no longer bite our tongues when we walk into kitchens and see the live, laugh, love. I think we need to direct that that is ridiculous to have in your kitchen. I think we need to share that truth for them. I agree. If you're listening to this right now and you have a live, laugh, love sign, I love you as a person. I might not know you as a stranger, but take it down. Come on, be a little more original here with your art. We can help you. We can have better quotes. I have tons of, look at my tweets. You can find some. I literally have a document of Barrett's tweets. It's kind of weird, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and pick a font. We'll do one font. One font, easy to read. One of the questions I always like to ask on this is, what is your favorite act of love? And then I have to quickly clarify that it's not sexual. But Yeah, I was going to say, what, is, what you have to clarify here. I need to learn how to reword it. Yeah. But like a, a song, a movie, a personal experience, something you may have witnessed on the street. Hmm. You mean like just in general, like a person? In general, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of like jaded in this current situation, like as a doctor, like in this pandemic. But I just see, I see a lot of kindness in people right now. It's sort of like simple little things. And like I had a patient the other day, like people can't visit right now because of the virus or whatever. So I have to call like the family members and, and like update them for the day or whatever. And I was just telling the son, I'm like, you know, your mom's sick, you know, we might have to transfer to the ICU. And, and he like took a moment and asked how I was doing um, hmm. and said, you know, I just want to make sure you're okay. And like his mom was like gravely ill. And it was, that was, it took, took me aback and, he just thanked me for going to work. So that that's just the most recent thing that happened the other day. And I just, it stuck with me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it, a nice reminder that, you know, while we're stressed and, and scared, we still need to look out for one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's little things can really make a person's day, but little things can also ruin a person's day. I try to think about that too. Yeah. You never know when a, a dirty look or a indifferent response can really turn someone off. 
Yeah, it's like I can't remember any of my passwords, but I can remember what Mark S. said to me in third grade, you know. <laughs> did, did, did Mark S. do the stomp, stomp, clap thing? He did not. He totally didn't. <sighs> that, that proves what Mark S. is capable of. Yes. What a shithead. I know. Mark S. just ruined my day. Exactly. Like, you remember what he said in third grade. Like, little, like a stupid phrase. Like, but you remember. What did he say? I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Let's not relive Mark S, okay? This is not about Mark S. This is about Mark, love. Mark S. This is about love. He will not have power over us today. But I still brought him up, didn't I? Damn it, Mark S. He's going to haunt you forever. He has. Anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I had a great childhood. Yeah. <laughs> we could go through your tweets if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you once tweeted that you're going to have a flash mob wedding. Is that still the plan? Did I say that? Yeah. Um, it was like 2012. I should add flash mobs were very big. That was, yeah. Tw- flash mobs in 2012 was big 2020. You can't even have a, a mob, a regular mob, let alone a flash yeah. mob right now. So sadly you can't even have a wedding. Right. Exactly. So maybe when the pandemic's done, maybe flash mobs need to come back. Maybe that's, that's a good point. That's a, that maybe a good idea. Maybe we could all get together and do the Harlem shake. Harlem shake could come back. Everything should come back. We we got to bring back every bit from the 2010s after this pandemic. Before I let you go, I don't know if I'm going to include this, but you were the one responsible for introducing me to the idea of dribbling your beer back into your class. <laughs> I take full credit for that, yes. I, I'm glad you say credit because people, I've been doing that since I was like 20 <laughs> and 27 now, and people are like, it's not funny anymore. And <laughs> It is still funny. I think I think it is. I totally agree with you. It, it, like, it's my drink. I know it was in my mouth. It's going to go back there anyway. But you know what? You know what you should do? Well, hopefully your sister can still have a wedding. I, it's probably a, a way enough. But when you get your toast, you should do it. Is that too oh much? God. Champagne might be. It might be too much. Well, No, I've done it with champagne before. I mean, I'm just saying. Think about it. Sarah, I apologize in advance. I'm going to leave this in there. <laughs> so, so she could be properly warned that this was going to happen. I, I, okay, my my fault. I, hopefully, I will be there. But you know what the problem with champagne is the glass, the 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 fluid does not. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. That's why you need like a big pint glass. Yeah, beer is the best because it's less. It's not so fizzy and it's a big glass. But yeah, like the absurdity in life, you could just it, when someone does that, you're like, what the hell are you doing? And yeah. it just I'm. Putting beer back in my cup, like chill out, bro. I'm, I, that's how I like to live every day, like it was intentional. Exactly. So that, yeah, exactly. We were talking earlier. That's what you could do. You could take little things like <laughs> tripling your beer back in your cup and <laughs> make the most out of your day. But that's funny. What a wonderfully conclusive point. But uh, before I let you go, do you have any charities or organizations that you like to shout out? Just right. If I don't know when this is going to go out, but. If I assume the pandemic's still going on, so if you can just support your local healthcare workers with um, any supplies or anything that you can. And what is your Twitter handle? Since we've we've hyped it up so much today, uh, Basic Barrett, right? That's what it is, right? No, the Twitter handle is Barrett Holen. There you go. B a r r e t t h o l e n, and I have like a hundred followers. So <laughs> you have a hundred followers, and let me tell you, I, I worked in professional comedy. For about six years, I've had to follow a lot of comedians. 
you by far the funniest person I follow on Twitter. One of the funniest people I know. I appreciate you, Dan. I appreciate you. Of course. Well, I thank you uh, for coming on. I thank you and your team for all the hard work you guys are doing amongst this pandemic. And I really thank you for both taking your time and talking to me and sharing such a, a wonderfully open, vulnerable story. Yeah. Thank Thanks for letting me share it. It was kind of a happy, happy time to share kind of during this sad time. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, be safe. We love you. And we're going to talk real soon. All right. Sounds good, Dan. Appreciate you. Thank you to Barrett for coming on the show. Next week, we dive into the psychology of love with Dr. Kareem Johnson. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider donating to your local hospital or send some doctors a meal. And if you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast, please email us at outofloveshow at gmail.com. Please subscribe to and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Out of Love is a production of WeWo Media and is recorded at Hex Street Studios. It is hosted and produced by Dan Casarella. That's me. The show is mixed by Ethan Farmer, our associate producer. Aaron Bradley is our art director. The opening and closing theme is Toronto Mug, written and performed by Slaughter Beach Dog. Special thanks to Sarah Casarella, Ian Farmer, Ice Menon, and you. I didn't forget about you. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay lovely. Stay lovely.